Hey, Peckerheads, it's me, Peter Rosenberg, the most mage mage caster of them all. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion Mike Lawrence. This is Scott What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You know you're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to. And you're listening to. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the. 100th episode of the Masked Man Show. I'm here with my partner in crime, Big Daddy Dave Schilling. How you doing, man? Man, I can't believe we got to 100 episodes. I can't believe, well, you technically are not at 100. You're at like 90. Yeah, there were a few where I was not involved, which is just a, a massive oversight on your part. Some would say that's true. I will give you that. Um, no, I, to- I totally agree with that. This is There's no better way I would want to spend my 100th episode than sitting at this table on this fine Wednesday afternoon with you talking about pro wrestling. That warms my heart. We didn't have a pay-per-view this week. When is the night, when is Elimination Chamber? It's two probably weeks? two weeks, yeah. Everything's always two weeks away. Uh-huh. Um, but we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, indeed. It's a bumpy road, but I can see the destination. I can see the sign in the distance. Sometimes the stars align and we get a glimpse of a story, of, of a payoff to a storyline. Um... And we've talked about this a million times. The hardest thing about being a wrestling fan is that the story never ends. So there's never a moment of satisfaction. I mean, I can't think of a moment since WrestleMania 30 where like the cameras went to black and everybody was just like, I am happy as I could be right now. And that's so different than what we grew up with, where you would get those moments where Hulk Hogan would triumph over adversity or Shawn Michaels would... Have his boyhood dream come true. Absolutely. I mean, Sean. Mike, yes. I mean, Sean Michaels is a little bit of the. You know, it's aged well because the video packages are so good, and there's the stories are told retroactively, and we still get some of that. But I will say, WrestleMania 30 was. You know, obviously Daniel Bryan walks out at the end with with as the unified champion, and everything's wonderful. On Tuesday night, on SmackDown, in the opening promo, which surprise, I know you're going to be shocked, had Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan talking. (laughs) Um, Shane finally said the thing that we were all waiting for him to say, which is you can't wrestle because the doctors won't let you and you're living vicariously through Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I don't know if this will ever pay off for anything more than that promo, but that was a moment where I felt happy to be a wrestling fan. They said the thing that like they actually like all everything we had been watching over the past what two months three months actually it seemed like it was headed towards a payoff that or at least it had some thought behind it. It's madness to me that we've gotten to this point where they keep teasing us, and it seems like the most logical destination for this story. Mm-hmm. But by all accounts, there's no way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm just that like Daniel Bryan would wrestle. Right. I'm perplexed because Shane McMahon is going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Sure. That's just the way the world works now. As, mm-hmm. as soon as he came back, it was clear that his place in the company was to be the figurehead for SmackDown. 
and then to wrestle a couple times every year. Sure. That's fine. That's great. But they haven't set up anything for him for WrestleMania, well, and it's February already. This is really this is a bigger conversation. Um, before we get to quite, I'm just taking one second just to, to reiterate, like, thank you, WWE, for actually taking the intelligent way uh, into and maybe out of the storyline. But you're right. Shane doesn't have a match. I'm not even going to talk about Daniel Bryan, but Shane doesn't have a match. Triple H doesn't have a match. The Undertaker, if he's going to wrestle, doesn't have a match. Um, John Cena doesn't have a match. We have a lot of all of the big names, uh, you know, the legends, the the star power. Ronda Rousey, I guess, has a match. I mean, we, we can just pencil her in. But now the rumors are that, I mean, we talked about this before, that, that she won't even be wrestling Charlotte or Alexa Bliss. That there's rumors now that it's they're going to go back to the plan from however many years ago of like Triple H and Stephanie versus Rousey and partner. Yeah. Who knows if that's true? If I've, they can get the rock. I've not, I've not heard that from anybody that makes it more depend, more like, you know, realistic than anything else. Um, yeah, the rock was, the, you know, from what, what WrestleMania was that? WrestleMania 31. Yeah. San Francisco. Um, that was a great one. Yeah. Had a lot of fun at that WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, maybe, the, maybe we'll go that route. But we have a lot of balls in the air. I mean, it's feasible that Undertaker doesn't wrestle. It's feasible that, uh, I mean, I guess it's feasible that Triple H, but Triple H is going to wrestle, right? Yeah. There have been rumors about him and Braun that you talked about last week. But it's weird that, I mean, like what, so let's just talk about Shane because we're talking about, we're talking about SmackDown. What are the options for Shane right now? Because we've already seen Shane versus Kevin Owens, right? Right. If they have a plan in mind, and it seems like they must, we're either going to get Shane versus Owens and Zayn or Shane versus Daniel Bryan, which I hesitate to even say out loud because it's such a pipe dream. I mean, what what do you think is going to happen? You could do Shane and Sami Zayn. Right. Who could get a better match out of Shane McMahon than Sami Zayn that he hasn't worked with yet in a one-on-one encounter? Sure. I mean, that's the, that's the only option if we keep going this. Now, listen, we have a pay-per-view. The part of this, we were talking about this before we started rolling. I have no reason to believe this, but if we'll, if we end up having Owens versus Zane, Owens and Zane splitting up as friends and fighting at WrestleMania, I get the allure of having them break up and fight at WrestleMania. I feel like we saw that in the not too distant past with uh, Owens and Jericho, but and we've seen Owens and Zane break up forty five times over the course of their careers. But if we're going that way, it's gonna feel uh, we're all gonna be excited about the match, but it's gonna feel a little bit wooden just because because they're they're basing this this huge narrative arc on the existence of Fastlane, which is, I mean, maybe I'm just extrapolating too much, but to have another another triple threat match with these two versus AJ, which is what was announced on Tuesday night, um, feels like every time they run back the same thing, it feels like they're just using, that's going to be the moment where they like actually do the story turn that they should have done the first time. Right. Um so I've, that's where we're going. It's going to feel. It's going. It, I feel like it's going to fall a little bit flat. But the, just because of the timing, you know, it's it's going to feel rushed when it actually happens. Um, I could go. I could watch three months of Owens and Sami Zayn upping the ante and hating each other more and more, and then finally having a steel cage match at WrestleMania or something like that, or a ladder war. Heaven forbid. That would be amazing. Um, but it's the same thing with Shane. It's like, are we really going to wait until? some like schmas at Fastlane to set up his WrestleMania match? That seems like a, a lot of waiting. Well, if you look at the last couple Shane McMahon matches at WrestleMania, they they weren't well-told stories that 
uh, built to an exciting match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. The Undertaker thing seemed like it was a last-minute uh, solution for a lack of John Cena. Yeah. Um, and then the match with AJ Styles didn't really come together until maybe a month or two before WrestleMania. Maybe maybe it was March. I forget. But it wasn't this you know long process of getting to Shane McMahon. Yeah. It was... AJ loses yeah, I, the belt I, I think at it, Elimination changer, Chamber, and then they, they yeah, go from there. You're, you're right. I, I think that we had all kind of been, I think that it's this weird meta world that we live in right now where like we had heard rumors of AJ and Shane for so long that they didn't need to do as much of a build. Now there's not any particular Shane rumors out there that I'm aware of. Maybe I'm just missing them. But we have, okay, so the, the uh, Elimination Chamber is February 25. Um, Fastlane is March 11th. And... Then WrestleMania is April 8th or something like that. Mm. Um, I should say for the record that AJ lost the belt at the Royal Rumble, not at Elimination Chamber. And then Cena lost the belt at Elimination Chamber. Right. Just so people don't annoy me on Twitter. People are always going to annoy you on Twitter. By the way, <laughs> you need to be more positive. That's what Twitter I, is. In Twitter. Yeah, whatever. I want some upbeat. Whatever. Upbeat Dave Schilling. Super Mark I Dave lo- Schilling. I loved Raw this week. We should We should make that clearer. We both love wrestling so much. Wrestling is my favorite thing in the whole world, and I spend most of my time thinking about wrestling. So I'm sorry that I'm critical about it. That's the point of the show. Um, is that the point of the show? The show is for us to talk about our feelings. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, so we have we have a whole bunch of question marks for WrestleMania. I mean, Raw and SmackDown were both good, but it just like I get why they do these big pay per views. I get why they lead up to it this way, but I just feel like I want I just want some time to build. I want some time to stew in these rivalries. Well, what, the the thing that would really solve a lot of this is what you always say is fewer pay per views. Do we need Fastlane? Is yeah. Fastlane going to help on the road to WrestleMania, or is it just a, a a placeholder event for the network? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, could they, is there a way they could do a different kind of event on the network that people would watch? Yeah, I mean, they could do something akin to that um, Roadblock Network special where they had, um, oh God, what was the main event? Triple H versus Dean Ambrose yeah. for the belt. And that was a fun little match. It was a, a shorter show, I think, or, or it didn't have all the, the bells and whistles of a usual WWE pay per view. Yes. Okay, so I know, I understand the premise of Elimination Chamber is that we're all going to see who's the number one contender or in the case of the women's side, it's who's the champion. I know it's world is no elimination chamber is not a championship match. The women's elimination chamber match is, but the men's is not, but it has been in the past. Yes. But it would be cool if they just went ahead and set the WrestleMania card, at least like half of it. And then just had a pay-per-view that was a month out of WrestleMania where they, every single match is like your, your WrestleMania spot is at stake. Or something like that, you know, or like this is the show where we're going to swerve all of our final decisions into place, like something like that, where there's like WrestleMania related stipulations for every match instead of just like people are buying plane tickets and booking hotel rooms to go to New Orleans or WrestleMania. And I don't know what's going to happen. Well, uh, that's a I don't part, think they know. Yeah, that's part of why they, they do it this way, I think, is because WrestleMania sells itself. It sells out because it's WrestleMania, not because of the card. So sure. they can wait. As long as they want to tell you who the matches are or what the matches are. And New Japan is running another U.S. show in March, and they sold out in 20 minutes. There's no matches on the card. Sure. Some things are just a draw unto themselves. I don't disagree. I, but I think you and I are on the same page that it would be nice to be able to, to see 
where we're going and to understand the storytelling a little bit more. And here's the thing. If we're going to do Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, I don't need Roman Reigns winning an Elimination Chamber. to. That's not going to make me more interested in the match. Right. What would make me more interested in it is them actually cutting promos and WWE having to actively construct the story, the narrative of why Roman Reigns deserves this spot. Right. Not just he's winning another match. He's won a lot of matches. Yeah. He's a good wrestler. We could say that about the Royal Rumble too. About what? Like, oh, that, oh it, it, you need to have Nakamura win the Royal Rumble. Well, sure, but the point of the Rumble is that someone's going to win and get a title shot. Sure, but it didn't always used to be that way. You're right. It has been for a while, though. Okay, listen, before we get too deep in the weeds about Raw or SmackDown, we have a couple of news items we got to touch on. They relate to both Raw and SmackDown because they're wrestling related. The Miz signed a new four-year deal with WWE. Is this a surprise? No, definitely not. I mean, it seems like he's becoming more and more important to the product every week. Uh, he's got his reality show on USA Network. Mm-hmm. It's going to be clearly a big priority for them. Um, What's it called? It's called Miz and Mrs., I believe. Right. And so it'll be about their marriage, their kid, and being A-listers in Hollywood and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm going to watch it. If something catastrophic happens, and I don't mean, I'm not wishing ill will, I don't want to jinx anybody, but let's say like Miz... Uh, let's say Maurice has a baby that's Asian. <laughs> what? I'm just saying if something happens in real life that is that is that changes the nature of the relationship that we are that we are nominally putting in a documentary form here. She are had, they actually going to put it on the show? No, of course not. And then she's not having an illicit affair with Akira Tozawa if that's what you're thinking. I'm just saying. A lot of time on the road. Looking for a shoulder to cry on sometimes. Um, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be fun. I, I just it's it's such a weird thing. It's it's so I mean cause we're gonna be now in we t- this was a big a going concern when Total Divas kind of first took off. But if one of your main eventers is is his biggest role basically is in a pre-taped reality show that the you know it's somewhere like three to six months ago is all the stuff that's gonna be on TV. Like how, they're gonna and they're gonna want to work that into storylines, but they can't. It's gonna be in the past tense, but they're gonna pretend it's present tense. Except he's gonna be backstage at events that happened long ago. It's gonna be very weird. Well, isn't Total Divas a thing where it's like a year behind or six months behind? Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal, I don't think. Yeah, but they're still building. But they but they would at the big when the show was just starting that first year, the first season, they were they were actively putting the feuds into the wrestling ring, right? Even though like by the end of the season on Total Divas, they weren't feuds anymore. You know, I mean, it was, they, they were acting, there was a present tense corollary, even though it wasn't really happening in real time. Yeah, I would imagine they're not going to try to do stuff like that with this show. Let's hope not, because these two are really, like, The Miz is one of the most charismatic guys in WWE in real life. Yep. Like, he's just, like, a wonderful dude. And hopefully they'll be able to put that across. Um, what do you think, I mean, this show is going to be big for him. Um, I have two different questions. One, do you think do you think we'll be talking about the Miz for the WrestleMania main event a year from now? Potentially, because they'll finally have gotten this Brock Lesnar thing out of their system. And theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, I don't think you're going to put the belt on him again because mm-hmm. you've already built him up, and then you've transferred that heat to Roman Reigns. What what more can you do with him in the title? Well, he scene? might be done. He might be There's done. a lot of talk he's just walking after WrestleMania. Yeah, so. which I wouldn't blame him either way. I wouldn't blame him for going <laughs> off to do something else, but I also wouldn't blame him for taking the money and continuing to 
to to do this and to be sort of like an undertaker figure for the it's next a, it's generation. Also a lot of, they're paying him a lot of money to be a part-time employee. Like I'm not sure what the benefit to them is uh, why they wouldn't just let him, you know, give him a legends contract and just offer him a million dollars every time you want him to come up show up for SummerSlam or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the fear that he would go work for somebody else. But if you have a good relationship, just like if anybody offers you money, call us. We'll give you that much money. There's, you know? But there's nobody else. Well, there's New Japan. Yeah, but they can't afford Brock Lesnar. Sure they can. You think so? Yes. Multiple millions of dollars? Sure. They just have to let him wear his Jimmy John shirt or whatever. Like they could, you know, just give him his marketing, his, his you know, siloed off marketing money or whatever. No, I don't know if they could, but like... Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the the fear is that he's is that if anybody tried to run another promotion, that you could just call Brock Lesnar. He's the first guy you call. But yeah. like, I don't think Brock Lesnar would be any more likely to work for, you know, if Ring of Honor made a giant push. I think they'd be just as likely to get CM Punk as they would Brock Lesnar. Like, it's just it's a it's a wild thought. Maybe it'll happen, but like, whatever. Yeah, if I was WWE and I was looking at him and the long term potential of having him, mm-hmm. I would say. I'm fine letting him go. Yeah, let's let's wash our mouth out. I mean, but I could also see them just saying one more year, one more year of a a part-time schedule. All right. So the Miz, a year from now, do you think how high up the the ladder will the Miz be? I think it's time. I definitely think think it's time. Do you think the the show is going to hold the Miz back at all? Like, is there a ceiling for for a reality star in terms of movies? No, no, in terms of being the champion. Oh, in terms of being the champion. No, I think this is actually going to benefit his sure. place on the card. Certainly at WrestleMania season when they're looking to kind of do, tie everything together. Who are the guys and gals who are the most appealing to mainstream right. audiences? And separate, he is the Separate audience. question. For, like, I know we have all these like ride along, you know, backstage the WWE 24-7, whatever it's called. Like the, there's all these documentaries. Who on the roster, and you can include anyone that's appeared on Total Divas, would you like to see get their own e-reality show of their uh, just just to be them? Would you do you want to see Total Usos? That's I, I, that was sort of my answer. But like what, <laughs> like who who would you like to see given the full, uh, the full silly e-production treatment for half an hour a week? I'm gonna disqualify my my two favorite uh, competitors, Sasha Banks and Oscar, right now, just mm-hmm. because. There are there are downsides to, to following them around. Oscar doesn't really you know speak the language fully. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks is not always the most you know articulate person, so they're out. I think Finn Balor is on that list of no thank you. He's not necessarily like the guy you want uh, carrying a TV show like that. Braun Strowman, oh. follow my man Strowman, total Strowman, total monster, whatever you want to call it. Going to Chipotle and and trying to do normal people stuff and being gigantic. I like to lift weights and eat steaks, man. That's that's the catchphrase of the show. And it's sort of like a down home Duck Dynasty kind of thing, where like you follow him like fly fishing or whatever he does. Yeah, I would be all about that. Did he did he and Bray still travel together? Because that would know. be a good show too. That would be a very good show. These I just, just want to see beards. Bra- who t- someone told total me- beards. <laughs> It's done. <laughs> That's a different show, I uh, think. Totally. It's, um, yeah, it's on a different network. The, someone told us a story about having uh, having dinner with some of the talent after a show one time, and Bray and Braun showed up. Did we ever talk about this on the air? Bray mm-hmm. and Braun, I forgot who it was. Bray and Braun showed up. It was like a Korean barbecue joint, and they showed up late and just started, I mean, and just ate the place. It was, you know, an all-you-can-eat situation or whatever, and they just, like, ate the place to the down to the down to the floorboards. That man ate all our shrimp 
and two plastic lobsters. Like everybody else was like, yeah, we're just going to get out of here and like maybe get a drink. And they're like, we're good. And they just kept, <laughs> like they just kept ordering more and more platters. And they were just like, you, you know, you're just ordering the same amount we already got. And they're like, can't talk eating. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to hang with those guys. Yeah. That's that. Those are my dudes. The problem is like, I mean, he's a good look for WWE, but really they should be. Like if they could just expand, if they could put the put those guys like on Vice, you know, and just like the like Bray and Braun go to restaurants and eat. Well, the Miz show is on USA. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's like they is it the same production houses? Is, what is it? Or am I just confused? I don't know. Is I mean, it a Ryan Seacrest joint? It, <laughs> I have no clue. It probably is because E and, and USA, I think, are both Viacom or Viacom Universal. Yeah. Comcast Universal Properties. They must be bringing that stuff in-house because they got a contract coming up. That's right. We could spend an entire show talking about... Let's talk about about something else. Yeah. Miz is great. Uh, That was the the good news of the week. Bad news of the week, Jason Jordan finally had that neck surgery. You think it's a work because you're such a a mark. No, 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 no. I'm not a mark if I think that it's a work. That's the exact opposite of being a a mark. Mm -hmm. I also don't necessarily think it's a work. I just don't know. Yeah, well, he was really hurting... There were reports that he couldn't like grab things with his hand. Yeah, if 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 it is all true, and I'm not denying that it's true, I'm just I don't know. I'm not there. Yeah, everything that we hear could be a work. That's just the facts of wrestling. Yeah, but based on the reports, it's not good, and I'm glad he got surgery. Well, I'm glad that he had the run over the, just really the last six to eight weeks that he did because it was clear that he's a guy. Yeah, you know, he's not a main eventer yet, but he has all the tools, and he he had the ability to get the crowd to boo him, I mean, just crazily. So that's lustily. So that's, you know, when he comes back, um, it could be amazing. I saw a really smart post on uh, Squared Circle uh, on on Reddit that said he should just be the assistant general manager. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want him to go away. No. I, I don't think that, because people aren't going to miss him, and he's not going to have a lot of... Um, momentum if he just goes away and comes back because he's such a, a, a hated heel mm-hmm. that you need that character to continue to evolve and to do things on the show. Assi- could, could it be like The Office where he says he's the assistant general manager and Kurt Angle just calls him assistant to the general manager and they just run <laughs> run back? That's a, I think that, it's a great idea. They could borrow that joke and I would be okay with it. Um, do you think it would be possible for them to work us? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I think this is a real surgery, but in so much as like, could they say, could could they say like Jason Jordan's in-ring career is over in a way that could, would actually convince fans so that when he came back, it would be a surprise? Or, I mean, and the smaller version of that would be like, this is an 18-month recovery and then he's back in nine or something. Yeah, I don't think they want to trifle with the notion of working the, his career is over angle because, I mean, that happens to people like Paige all the time. It's, and it's incredibly sad and... You don't want to mock that too much. We've talked about that before. Where like you raise expectations. I mean, you, you make anything seem possible, and that's why fans won't stop fantasy booking Daniel Bryan. Right. Um, which is, you know, it cuts both ways. No pun intended, because there was a knife that cut his <laughs> neck. Good God. Open. Um, speaking of getting worked, um, Booker T, <laughs> no longer in the in the in the announced booth of Monday Night Raw, says that he will fight Corey Graves in the street if he ever sees him. Do we believe that this is true? Again, I have no... Is he just getting heat off of nothing? Meltzer says, oh, it's true. It's definitely true. Does Meltzer say it's true? I didn't see that yeah, report. Yeah, yeah, But again, like, you only know what you witness. Everything else is a rumor until you actually see it with your own two eyes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there are things that were, you're obviously... 
not going to d- to doubt like Daniel Bryan has a lot of concussions and cannot wrestle. Yeah. I'm not going to doubt that. But there are certain things where it's like, okay, I, I could take your word for it as the preeminent wrestling journalist of, of our time, but he's been wrong before. He's been worked before. I don't know, man. I, it the seems the like interesting a str- thing. The interesting thing for me about Booker is that this is like if he's actually worked himself into a shoot over something with Corey Graves, or if he just do- actually doesn't like him. It's like there's all these little things that were sort of like like merit badges for Booker up to this point. They're like he got into like the fights in the WCW locker room. Well, there might have been a WWF locker room fight too. There was the the famous Young Bucks incident where they didn't shake his hand appropriately, and he like got them. You know, he he just destroyed them for it. At some point, this is just like this guy's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's old school, brother, brother. Yeah, but that's not that's nothing. Whatever. I mean, like was JBL was old school, and he was like hazing Morrow or something. Like that's not an excuse. I know it's not an excuse. I'm just saying that that's it's just a fact. Yeah, he's old school, and there are certain protocols. And I think maybe if this is a real thing, uh, then Corey might not have understood that Booker. But book did, was, it, was it just Corey working heel on Booker and Booker and like on the air, and that's what Booker took offense to? Because that's Hard to the say. opposite of old school. Anyway, there might be more to it than we know. Maybe so. Yeah, my sources tell me there's not, no one knows what else, what's to it. There's no, it was like there's no there there. There's no wrestling match. If to anything, be had. it's that Booker is upset that he's no longer working on Raw, even though he went into it knowing that he was not the long term solution for right. Raw. Right. Well, let me ask you this question, Coach. By the way, I know that every I've said it before. Every announcer that they add to the booth is the is the second coming of Jesus Christ for like three and a half weeks, and then we <laughs> all hate them. Yeah. But Coach is Coach has been a good addition so yeah, far. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what do you think about Coach? Because it seems like the the general consensus is this is an upgrade and I think it is because he's been able to make the product seem more legitimate. Totally true. Um, the other thing I like is that he he gets stuff wrong which it sounds like a weird like a backhanded compliment. I guess it is. But like he'll say something like he said something this week on Raw and he said like did you know this Michael Cole and Michael Cole was like yes I said it during their match last week you know <laughs> but the, it gives you it gives me such like it makes it feel so much more real and also it makes it seem it make it lets you know that there's no one in his ear or maybe there is and that person's repeating things but i like the fact that like it doesn't feel so so scripted down to the you know down to the most tiny minutia well it it still might be because the coach is such a good broadcaster mm-hmm. you know booker t is a professional wrestler Jonathan Coachman is a professional broadcaster. Sure. And what he's able to do is articulate these stories in a compelling way because he's been doing it on SportsCenter for years. And yeah. he did it on Raw before. And uh, yeah, he brings a certain level of professionalism to the job. Sure. Um, so if you had to guess right now, Booker T, does he actually want to kick Corey Graves' ass? Or is this just like he's just trying to get some attention for his wrestling school or podcast or whatever on the way out the door? I think it's a little bit of both. I do. Because when you when something like this happens to a wrestling personality, they have to keep their heat. That's a lesson yeah. that they that they have to learn is okay, you know, you've you've had a a bump in the road. How do you keep people's attention? You gotta say some shit. What is the announcer equivalent of going out on your back? I don't know. Just like Bobby Heenan showing up in drag on the first Raw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess that's a good one. All right, Les News Bite of the Day. Triple H is apparently taking over 205 Live. 
just bringing that into his umbrella that includes, is it just NXT at this point? Or are we counting like his work on, well, I guess he, Raw or whatever? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of it's, things where he's solely responsible. It's NXT, it's just and, NXT now and now 205 Live. That's according great. to PW Insider, yeah. It's quite. It's a. He's he's taking on. He's adding that the the uh, the two hundred five live stock to his portfolio at a low point. I would say, but there's a lot of potential for growth there. The, at the end of the day, the problem isn't necessarily just the in ring work. The problem is that they record the show or they tape the show mm-hmm. after SmackDown. Yeah, and the crowds are dead or very thin. So it's not going to be fixed until they change the presentation completely and move it to full sale or have them run separate shows in tinier houses. I don't know what the solution is, but it, they can't keep doing this, especially with, you know, you've got mixed match challenge now in between SmackDown and 205 Live, yeah. so it's even later. It's just not a formula for success. No, it's a mess. They got to bring Neville back. Sure. Do Give we even Neville. know what's going on with him? He's still under contract. Well, yeah, but has anybody seen him? There's not any. No one's he's caught not, any like like iPhone photos of him on, at the beach not or something. Bigfoot. Yeah. Has anyone seen him? I don't know. I mean, people post photos of wrestlers at restaurants and stuff all the time. TMZ is not after Neville. Let me tell you that. And you know they should they should be leery of going after him if they're interested because that guy's scary. You talked about Melter a second ago. We get to talk about Monday Night Raw, but uh, this is what I'm interested in talking about. So Melter had uh, said on on uh, the podcast that um, John Cena, the WWE is booking John Cena terribly since he went part-time and that he feels, he doesn't feel like a big star anymore. He's just a guy, according to according to Meltzer. Um, it's it's a really interesting point because it, I, I think I think he's right. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, we can, you can feel free to disagree or agree, but I, I feel like, like if like they've both let him go part time, but also tried to pretend that he's not gone, so there's not any like great significance to him coming back ever. And also they they've brought him back, you know, as like a stopgap, you know, in case of glass, make Cena leave the set of Step Brothers four for five minutes, you know, like he'll come back and wrestle a match. And he's been we talked about this last week or after the Rumble, his he his. His ring, he, he's, it's not just the calling the moves in the ring, but he's gotten more silly since he's been a part-timer, which doesn't help the gravitas. It feels like it started at SummerSlam with that um, abysmal Baron Corbin squash. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just well, been John Cena yucking it up in the ring every week. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. So on Monday night, um, he took on Elias and Braun Strowman, uh, in a triple threat match to earn the number six spot in the men's elimination chamber. Do we have the entire chamber set? There is one more spot available, and it looks like that's going to be a high-profile match next week. I don't know if it's the main event, but uh, everybody who lost the uh, qualifying matches will get to wrestle in a fatal five-way match to decide who the number six entrant is going to be. Right, so we have Braun Strowman. Wait, Strowman is in. Yeah, Strowman, Elias, and Cena are all in. Oh, right. They were they were fighting over who got to be la- the last Coming one out of the box. Yeah. Right, so Strowman, Elias, John Cena, Roman Reigns, The Miz, and then TBD includes um, Balor, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, G- uh, Matt Hardy, and Apollo Crews. Yeah. So, so it's a fatal four-way match. Right. Okay. 
So who of those is your is we let's just break them all down. I think Finn Balor's got to be everybody's front runner, right? I mean, he's like the star. He's the prince who was promised. He is. This is. This might not be the moment to to break him out, but this you know, especially if he's going to lose. Um, but he's got to be the odds-on favorite in this match. The other guys <laughs> in this in this uh, fatal four-way would be incredibly out of place in this match. It makes no sense to put Apollo Cruz in the elimination chamber. I'll say Apollo Cruz looked like a million bucks on Monday night. I really he he's worked the Miz a lot of times, but I I just like he just it seems like it's they're finally figuring it out or he's finally figuring it out how to get a little bit more a little bit more personality in the ring. I mean, I'm not even talking about on the mic. You know, it just seems like it's just a little bit more continuity. Like, man, it's a, there's something about it. I just really, I was very into that match. They were good at, at highlighting the spots that he did the big, you know, the the flip thing. Yeah. yeah. I guess shooting star press from the ground is what they, yeah, and what you yeah, would call it. Letting the Miz do the knee block so it sets up the next one and everything. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I will say someone, I'm sure someone wrote about this, but I was texting with some friends about being let down by Raw by these qualifying matches. It is crazy that they, the way that they booked him to lose to The Miz, when that just, it, it was such an obvious, like you knew exactly that The Miz was going to win when it started. Um, although he looked good and gave you, and there were some hope spots or whatever, it just seemed like the most low rent qualifying match they could have possibly had, right? Yeah, who else could have been in that spot? Well, the, I mean, the move, if you're, without change, I mean, the, the bigger problem was, um, was, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt, where Roman went over clean and then Matt Hardy came down after last week when Bray cost Matt Hardy his spot by interfering, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why not? I understand that you got to get, get make Roman look great or whatever, but like, why not? Like, why make why have Bray beat Matt Hardy at Raw 25 and then just lose cleanly to Roman Reigns? Like, it, it seems like a pretty obvious way. Like, at a minimum, you could have just had... Matt Hardy interfered to cost him the match. Yeah, but he's a babyface, man. He's a good guy. He's a good boy. Okay, so then why not just do, why not do Roman Reigns versus Apollo Crews? And, and Apollo, if Apollo looked good in that match, that would be even an even bigger look for Apollo, and he can lose cleanly and nobody cares, and then just have Miz and Bray Wyatt go at it, little you know, heel versus heel, and have and and have and have a Hardy cost him the match in that. I have no idea. I mean, there's, it seems like an e- a pretty easy switcheroo. I sure. mean, I, I appreciate every time Reigns and Bray get together because, you know, I mean, the, WWE's caught on and they're basically just like calling the match by saying like, this will be a DVD box set in 10 years. You know, this feud, this never ending feud, which is fine. The, I don't know. They just I, hadn't worked together in a while. And, and it didn't seem great. The commentary did a good job of putting over the fact that this is a special yeah. pairing. And I like when they throw those into thing, to, to tournament setups like this, but it just you know, it felt a little bit off. But anyway, I could see going back to the original question. I could see Apollo Cruz in this. Who know? Who know? Why not? Like have him just just to, just to throw him in to like jump off the top, you know, to do the crazy high spot for the elimination chamber That's and then lose. The only benefit to having him in there, and you put him over, but he's not ready for the spot. That's the thing is, you can have anybody win any match because this is fake. Right. So if you really wanted Apollo Crews to be in the Elimination Chamber match and be in the main event of a pay-per-view, you can do that. But, but maybe, is he going to be able to take that momentum and run with it with the tools that he has in place right now? And I say no. No, he's not quite there. And also, if you're going to do that, why have you had him in a tag team for the past two months or whatever? Right. You know, like yeah, have a little bit of foresight. Um, 
But I think he's got something. I think the our Apollo Crews moment would, is is upon us. Yeah, if he can figure out a character mm-hmm. beyond just having Titus O'Neil as a heater yeah. and having Dana Brooke holding a clipboard, then he's on the road to somewhere. All right, so do path. you think... I mean, so it seems like Hardy and Wyatt are headed towards another match, yeah. one, another singles match. So is it fair to eliminate... I mean, we should say... In the interest of, you know, kayfaber metrics and everything else, Bray Wyatt did win the Elimination Chamber one year ago. So he is, uh, you know, he, he should get some, he should get good odds if he gets in. He, you know, he deserve he should get an automatic entry in the Elimination Chamber as far as I'm concerned. He is our Elimination Chamber reigning champion. It's like if you win the Masters. Yeah. And even if, yeah, you don't make the cut, you get to play on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's only fair. Well, they're obviously not going that route. Um, so what do you think? Do you think it's uh, do, you, do you think Finn Balor? If I had to put money on it, I would say Finn Balor because he's the one that they're pushing. He's the one that they have the the company behind. Uh, everybody else is has got either issues that need to be dealt with outside of this match, or they're Apollo Crews, and it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, do you think Roman Reigns is going to win? Is that so? Where the winds are blowing here? The elimination chamber. I would be right an now. absolute fool to bet against him. WrestleMania, as far as I can tell, is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. There have been rumors that we're that they're, they're thinking about a Miz, uh, Finn Balor WrestleMania match. I think that would be great. I was talking to our mutual friend Zach Linder about this in New York mm-hmm. this week, and that was the first. Uh, we were trying to do like dream WrestleMania cards, fantasy booking WrestleMania, and that was the first match that I threw out there. I was like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Finn Balor needs a belt. Yeah, he needs a a push. He needs to accomplish something. So we're left with Braun, Elias, and Cena. As far as people, I mean, it, it, we're making a lot of assumptions here. But if Finn gets in, we just kind of notch off him and Miz. Um, Roman, if he wins, is you know he's going to be in the title match. So we have Braun Strowman, John Cena, and Elias as your three stragglers. Now, obviously, Cena and Elias have um, have uh, have been building towards something. Whether that's a WrestleMania match or not, who knows? I feel like as much as I love Elias, that'd be a little bit of a letdown. Be a weird use for both of them. Yeah. Because there's something really in, I mean, I know it's it's different on on the stage of WrestleMania and people would care about it. So many extra eyes would be on Elias if he won, if he beat Cena. But there's something of just like, it just, it, it doesn't seem that special to beat, this is going back to what Meltzer said. Right. It doesn't seem that special to beat John Cena at WrestleMania because Cena's almost like, in, despite the, you know, him destroying Baron Corbin. Like when he comes back for these big shows, he's sort of in Chris Jericho mode. Whether or not he wins, he's there to make a star out of somebody else or try to. Well, when was the last time John Cena lost at WrestleMania? Was it to The Rock at 28? Did he not lose more recently than that? I don't think so. 30, he beat Bray Wyatt. 31, he beat Rusev. 32, he didn't wrestle. Uh, He just gave... A bunch of attitude adjustments to the Wyatt family with The Rock, and then thirty three was the tag team match, right? Yeah, they with, won that, and that's and this is thirty four. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think it does thirty three and a half. You remember he lost to uh, Zack Ryder. I'm oh yeah, sure the Naked Gun thirty three and a half. Um, sure. The uh, yeah, yeah. thirty three and a third. Thirty three and a third. Thank, so you. Thank you, idiots. The, the final. I wasn't, even, I wasn't making a Naked Gun joke. It that was the was, final insult. Right? Um, 
All right. So that's, I mean, I guess that's uh, seeing him, I mean, seeing him win or lose. I mean, I I just think as much as I like Elias and as much as I want to, I would love to see him and John Cena fight. That has a potential to be a real corny build. Well, we're still not talking about The Undertaker. That's what everybody is, is saying is John Cena's dance partner at WrestleMania is The Undertaker. Um, well, that would be great, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it would be a poster-worthy match, but is the match going to be good? Because the last time we saw The Undertaker, he didn't look so great. Were you talking about last year at WrestleMania? Yes. Well, he looked great on Raw 25, comparatively. Yeah, he didn't take a bump. I've heard he's in the best shape of his life. Okay. Best shape of the past 10 years, at least. So where does that leave Mr. Strowman? Are we going to see Strowman versus Elias for like the beard championships of the world? If it was up to me. Oh, beard versus beard match. <laughs> Neither of those guys can shave. They both look dumb. This is why you can't do that. As much as I, I would pop for that and there would be tons of heat. You just, no, both of those guys need their beards. Um, what if they just did everybody with a beard in a beard, in a beard battle royal where the, somebody has to have their beard shaved? Oh, the beard bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The Andre the Giant Memorial Beard Bowl. <laughs> he didn't have a beard. Yeah, no, but he's, you know, instead of the Andre Battle Royal is what I'm thinking. All the guys with big beards, it's like a, it's a clippers on a pole match. Oh, I love it. And somebody's got to get their beard shaven. I'm, am I am I doing a podcast with Vince Russo right now? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. Bro, bro, they got clippers on a pole, bro gonna be awesome bro okay maybe i'm just a little bit too into beards right now yeah, it seems like <laughs> you're worrying me uh, i would like to see Strowman and uh lesnar and reigns in a triple threat that's what i would want to see did but we already see that no no there was a, a fatal four-way oh with samoa joe in SummerSlam. yeah i i would love to see Strowman win the title i think he's ready um you know other than stiffing brock lesnar uh, at their at the last pay per view, and maybe that not being a great look for him, he uh, has impressed me every single time he's come out. Last week or this week on Raw, he got to stand tall, and he was looking like a, a top babyface, mm-hmm. slapping hands with kids and smiling and playing to the crowd, like it, everything that you want him to do, he's doing very very well. And the momentum is there, and, and at this point, they just have to push him. Okay. But they're not going to do that. It's Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar, right? If you were booking WWE, would you be doing? Would you be booking Braun Strowman differently? Let's just say Vince McMahon comes into the writer's room, of which you are a part, and okay. says, I want Braun Strowman to be my babyface champion at the end of WrestleMania. Would you book him... Would you make him more of a baby face in the sort of traditional ways between now and then? Would you give him a new outfit? Would you give him a new haircut? Would I you think give he him needs a new music? I definitely think he needs that, new music. That, but that opening pop is great, though. Yeah, but the music after the opening pop doesn't really fit with where they're taking the character. Yeah, it's too ominous. If if they're gonna do that, the the textbook example of how to make this work is Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> The double turn. Yeah, the, the perfect double turn. He he doesn't quite become something different. He's just a slightly more palatable version of the thing that people liked initially. Mm-hmm. So he still has the edge, but he's not doing certain things on purpose. Yeah. Um, 
I think they've done a really good job with Strowman to this point. The question is, when are we going to get that moment where it's like the audience has been told you're allowed to cheer for him? Or he has a story, a compelling story yeah. that leads him into this championship match. I feel like they just did the double take on it. Like they had that moment six months ago and then they decided to re- turn him back into a heel so that they could have the big turn and it's never quite panned out. I mean, they never quite figured. I mean, this is sort of like what happened with Seth Rollins. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you think, has anybody talked about them doing a mixed match challenge match at WrestleMania to pay off the show? Mm-mm. I haven't heard anything about that. It'd be interesting. Although it'd be really hard to figure out who to kind of take out of their, pull out of the regular fabric of reality to do that kind of kayfabe busting match, but whatever. Uh, if, as far as I know, Becky Lynch doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. No. No, she does not. Um, and that's sad. She's How do you great. feel about Sasha Banks potentially turning heel, by the way? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's uh, going to happen now, right? It certainly seems like they want you to believe that that's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. I they I would love it. I would love I would love if they were able to actually pull off a Sasha Bailey feud or something without and just keep them separate from everybody else in the division for a while, you know? I mean just to have to be able to have two story. It's like on the it's like on the men side the hardest thing for WWE to do is to inter- is to make two storylines intersect in any sort of meaningful way. It's like if you're siloed off feuding with Bray Wyatt, you're just not allowed to like rub shoulders with anybody else on the roster for fear that the storyline will get too confusing, right? Mm-hmm. But in the women's division, it's like they can't have an episode of Raw where they're not all in the ring together, right? Like just let them be separate. Go just do just book it book it like you would book anything else, you know? Doesn't but make it, sense. But it, but it, but it, it lowers the stakes. It messes. It just destroys the stakes of a Sasha Bailey feud. If like they're obli- it just because they don't have enough people on the roster, they have to put Bailey in like a title match on a random episode of Raw and have her lie down. You know, it's just, it's a weird. It's, I don't know. Anyway, Oscar uh, beat Bailey. It's a, all, all a long way of of pointing that out. Um, it, what else from Raw do we need? Do we need to touch on new graphics? New music. I got to tell you, I got, uh, this is everyone's favorite part of the show is David talks about uh, the technology he uses to watch Monday Night Raw. I have just started doing Hulu's like uh, just regular TV service. So I get home from the, um, from the, I went to the Clippers Mavericks game because I desperately wanted to see Dennis Smith Jr. donk on some people in real life. And, uh, but so I came home, turned on Hulu. Monday, it said like, it knew that I wanted to watch Monday Night Raw. I just pushed the button to watch it. And then just started like doing some work and absentmindedly watching. And I thought I was watching it live or West Coast live, but actually it just started the show fresh for me because it's so smart and wonderful. But it took me the better part of an hour to realize that like Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt wasn't the main event that they were, you know, I just, I thought I was just watching the end of Raw. So then when Finn Balor and the revival came out, I was just like, what, what are we watching? Like what's happening right now? How is that not, how is this happening? Anyway, all that is to say that was a cool little segment, but man... Um, it seems like they care a lot about Finn Balor and the club and not so much about the Revival. The Revival have been out for multiple months. True. They need to figure out what they're going to do with those tag team titles now. Yeah. Well, what are they, what are they, what are they, what are we edging towards here? Because we don't even have, uh, Seth Rollins no longer has a tag team partner again. What if we just put Roman Reigns and Seth in a tag team and put somebody else in the title match? I love it. Strowman versus Lesnar again. Fine, let's do it. Pull the trigger. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, you're probably right. 
I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, yeah, that is weird. Maybe Seth. Ha- maybe Seth has to find a partner at Wrestle for WrestleMania. Wait a minute. Are you saying you want to see that match again? What Seth and, and partner versus the Bar again? I don't want to see that match ever. I'm just trying to again. book everybody onto the WrestleMania card here. I, I think you got to do something else with the tag team titles. It feels so pointless because I've seen them wrestle every week for the last six months. But Maybe is, is six, the Bar but... versus? Apollo Crews and partner going to I mean the bar versus the club okay they are a babyface tag team now the club yeah. or the bar the club everybody's a babyface in wrestling everybody's a babyface everybody's a heel one or the other um sure okay yeah why not um or you do a multi-team match ladder match or something I don't know May, what if they just left it as a mystery? Oh, and then uh, who fills that mystery role? Hmm. The authors of pain. I was I was gonna say, or Seth. I was thinking Seth Rollins and a mystery partner, but yeah, why not? Like who's like? They're um, gonna need to call those guys up sooner rather than later. But even if it was just a Seth Rollins needs a mystery partner, I mean. Who would be your fantasy mystery partner for Seth Rollins? Alistair Black loses at NXT the night before <laughs> and shows up to team up with Seth Rollins. That's it's, a very like goth tag team. Yeah. It's super black metal. Yeah, it's emo and goth. Yeah. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> God. Um, no, but I mean, they could something like that would be fun. Who knows? Who knows? We're, this is just the fantasy booking show at this point. Um, let's see. We got uh, I'm trying Nia J- I like how Jim sent us the rundown of all the matches. Nia Jax defeated Vanessa Floyd is on here. Like is it really necessary for Vanessa? I'm glad Vanessa she Floyd. She has a name. She's a person. Come on. Oh, yeah. Just Nia Jax squash match would have been more meaningful Nia for Nia actually of tweeted this. something very nice about oh, wait, this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Time out. I'm stupid. Seth Rollins losing that Roman Reigns losing that match even via disqualification means Seth Rollins no longer can can never fight them again. Yeah, thank God. But, I mean, it's a fake stipulation. They could always go back So what the hell is it? Seth Rollins going to do? Dude. We've spent all this time talking about Seth Rollins, and I mean, talking about WrestleMania, and on one of the Raw's top, I mean, on, forget the Elimination Chamber. Seth's one of Raw's top five guys. Well, let's, let's go back to our original topic, which is why WrestleMania doesn't have stories that are told over a longer period of time. This is a perfect example of why that doesn't happen because people keep getting injured. Yeah. I I don't know if this is just a recency bias or if it's really a trend, but it feels like people are getting injured more and more every year in WWE. I don't know if it's more bumps or if it's because a lot of the, the top of the card guys are in their mid thirties or, or late thirties. I mean, this is we we can jump over to your other area of expertise. This is not WWE specific. People like there's like we have like two superstars a week going down the NBA right now. I was unfortunately at the Knicks game. So it's your fault. I I think I had something to do with this. NFL, I think had, this seemed like there was a lot of season-ending injuries at least amongst top stars this year. Um I think it's worth asking if the Earth's gravitational pull is changing. And maybe in, I'm just kidding, but the, uh, no, I was gonna let you hang, <laughs> hang yourself on that one. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people. Are, a lot of people are getting hurt. If you so let's um, well, we're gonna jump to SmackDown. But before we do, 
do you want a fantasy book Seth Rollins Road to WrestleMania? Like, what what would you do with him? Everybody's up for grabs. You don't. I mean, I'm not saying fantasy book him into the main event, but you can do that. I don't care. But like, what what would you do if you had the book and you you had to figure out something for Seth? I know a lot of people would love to see Finn Balor turn heel, yeah, and do that thing with Seth. There's sort of a a good rationale for him to do it because Seth Rollins injured him at SummerSlam. Yeah. So he could say, you cost me the title mm-hmm. by injuring me. Mm-hmm. I beat you one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And then I had to relinquish my title the next day. And I have not even come close to sniffing that belt since. And it's your fault. So that's a compelling story. I get that. At the same time, I kind of feel like Finn Balor is a more effective babyface than he is a heel hmm. because of his size. Uh, because yeah, it would uh, be a little bit weird just to make him go the full heel route of just like me and the club are going to beat up Seth Rollins because I've been hating him secretly for all this time. Yeah. So I would, I, if if I had to pick somebody for him to work with that's on the Raw roster already, doesn't have a lot going on as far as we know, I would have to say he should work with John Cena. Mm, I like that. John Cena's going to get booed anyway. That's a good look. No matter who he wrestles. And that's a that's a match that we haven't really seen a whole lot of in, in a while since Seth Rollins was the champion and he was a heel. Yeah. What? So would you, will you just walk off the set of the show if I suggest that Seth Rollins puts on a mask a la, you know, the Midnight Rider and keeps on fighting the bar? <laughs> <laughs> I would be very upset. Yeah, I don't mind that John Cena look at all. I think it's, I think that's good. I think that, I think that, you know, we t- we talked about Owens versus Zayn, and that is totally just out of my head. I'm not, I haven't read that, I haven't heard that, whatever. Um, not a lot of matches are set for WrestleMania, but we do know, you know, AJ Nakamura. So we, we have the potential for some good work rate matches. That said, I wouldn't be mad at all about seeing Seth and, and Finn just, like, try to flip each other to the moon for 15 minutes. I mean, that could be a really fun match. Yeah. Um, and, even, and especially a sort of undercard match. It won't be hard to find Seth a spot, but it will. But they they did a really good job of finding a place to keep him fresh and at you know near the top of the card or keep him significant in this tag team angle. Um, and Jason Jordan was a huge part of that. It would not have worked to the level that it had had it just been Seth Rollins starts a tag team. It had to be the odd couple pairing. It had to be somebody with just like nuclear X Pac heat. You know, it had it 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 was really important. Yeah. Um, it's a shame it had to end this way because I think they could have had a, a really good match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just think that like, if it had been Seth and Dean Ambrose versus the Bar, it wouldn't. We wouldn't have cared uh, to the extent that we did. Jason Jordan, God bless him, was really integral to it. Now they. Now the thing is, and I've always I've been a long, long time proponent of if you don't have a big match for a top tier guy, put him in a tag team. Just give him an angle. Have him do something different for a while. That was what was good about Cena last year. Yeah. The way they used Cena was really smart. The problem though is that when that storyline runs out, even if it ends unexpectedly as it has with Seth, um, you got to have something ready to go for him. You can't let him, you can't let him wallow in, you know, with in, in direction, because then it he he loses all of his value really quickly. Because all we remember him as is a tag team loser. Yeah, I've I've read reports that he's going to be teaming with Finn Balor 
on house shows. Whether or not that carries over into the continuity of the on-screen product is anybody's guess, but that could be a sign that that's where they're going. Yeah. I Googled Seth Rollins to see if there were any rumors out there, and the first thing that came up was a Cage Side Seats piece that's titled, I have no idea what Seth Rollins is doing at Elimination Chamber. That's great. That's a wonderful SEO. I clicked on it immediately. <laughs> nice work, Cage Side Seats and Kane Night. That was, I'm very interested to read this. Um, all right, so SmackDown, we did talk about it a little bit before. A little bit, yeah. Um, the big thing that happened was... Um, Actually, you know what? I, 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 because we had no pay-per-views this show, th- this episode to, to discuss, um, I expected we'd have more time to revel in like nonsense, which we have. Thankfully, it's been fun. But one of the things that I actually thought about too long and too hard, and you think I'm going to say the Bludgeon Brothers outfits again. I'm not. <laughs> they still suck. I have nothing further to say. Was the Charlotte Flair versus Liv Morgan match because this was like a Charlotte is going to run through all of the Riot Squad. But this is real, mo- this is like, you know, and this is the opportunity for all of the members of the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan this week, to show what they have. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, and it's no secret, like, they're not, none of them are seasoned enough to be put in this position. But we can see how they stack up against Charlotte and kind of where their, their career arc might go. You can make some assumptions. This was not a great match. Um, but Liv Morgan looked good, better than I, better than she could have. It's sort the, of uh, similar to what they did with Apollo Cruz mm-hmm. and the Miz is put him in there with somebody who's really over, yeah, who's at the top of the card and see how they do. Obviously, Apollo Cruz is a little bit more talented and athletically gifted than Liv Morgan. Uh, and he's been but, on the roster longer, but it's the same kind of concept. I, I agree. I think Liv Morgan. I mean, I know there's people at WWE that have um, that are they're very very high on her. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a lot of Sarah Logan marks back there. No, I mean, I think I think Sarah. I mean, it, there should people should love Sarah Logan. She's great and will have a wonderful career. I think she just has to stop dressing like Lady Skinner. Um. That's yeah, step one. I can see that. I think there, there's a lot of the WWE just like, there's a lot of, they're going <laughs> to, this is so hard to get out of my mouth. Um, WWE's, you know, costume department for the women has a long way to go. Sure. I, I've, I very much appreciate like the subtle things they've done. I like the, like the one piece bathing suit looks that that people are using on occasion now. I, um, there, there's a, there, they have, there are a lot of different looks, but the, but yeah, it's sometimes they, ju- every time they try to do, it's not just the women, every time it's the Bludgeon Brothers is the same thing. Every time they try to make somebody look like crazy or wild, I think wild is the right word. They just fail utterly. Well, with the women, unfortunately, there's still a need for them to have sex appeal. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true of the men too. You're Obviously, right. Finn Balor like sticking his crotch out. No, in his no, no. There are many stuff. men on the roster with sex appeal that are booked that way. But you're right; it isn't necessary. It's like live. I mean, they Sarah Logan has to be. She can't just be like a backwoods crazy person. She has to be like the sexy Halloween costume of a <laughs> exactly. Backs- this backwards is this crazy is what person. I was gonna say. It's, it, you, but you look at uh, Nikki Cross or someone like that, and and they're allowed to just wrestle in gear. Uh, and and well, it doesn't have to be an NXT. Yeah, but if she goes to the main roster, I feel like she's going to start losing layers of clothing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, to I mean, I listen. I like Sarah Logan a lot. I think, and also 
I mean, I, I think she'll get, she'll, she'll be given her opportunities, but she's sort of in the same situation where I think I said this about Becky, you know, a couple years ago, that if the women's division is going to keep evolving and growing, then Sarah Logan's career will be like a bellwether for how successful it is, right? Because like in an ever expanding women's wrestling universe, Sarah Logan will, you know, have a title shot and have a big, have a run at the top, assuming that she's as good as I think she is. But she, cause, but she's a little bit of an offbeat character. Um, you know, clearly we're not in the divas era, but like whether or not, I mean, I guess my, it was a different point than from Becky Lynch. I think with Becky, the point was like, this is when there was only one women's title or the divas title and all that kind of stuff. It's like, she doesn't, she's, she's, she's going to get a push if they give the enough, if they give enough screen time to the women's division full stop, you know, overall. Um, then yeah, and, and she did. She's gotten a lot of opportunities. Hopefully, she'll have many more. But yeah, Sarah Logan they, is good. The well, point of this is to talk about Liv Morgan. Sure. Um, it's worth pointing out that she's 23 years old. She is a baby, and has a lot of room to improve. I mean, a lot of time to improve. Are you concerned at her Alexa Bliss Jace look? I feel like they're still working it out. Yeah. And they will. Well, it's like one Alexa the, Bliss and Carmella had a baby. I mean, it's one of the actual. This is this is a definitely a backhanded compliment. I mean, da, yeah, backhanded compliment. One of the one of the one of the advantages to having the women's division split into two shows, even though there's not really enough of a roster on either show. Uh, I mean, I guess now there is with the influx of talent, but still, it you know, there's a lot of arguments against. They couldn't it. even have elimination chamber qualifying matches. Right. If you're gonna be, if WWE is still gonna have as much trouble booking women, you know. They're doing a lot better, but if if things like this are going to happen, like we literally can't wrap our heads around two blonde women who kind of, I mean, who have a similar aesthetic, we can't differentiate them. Then it's good that they can split them up onto two shows. Yeah, if if you know the the C parted and um, Kenny Omega came to WWE, him and Seth Rollins would have to be on different shows, or they would just fight over fight each other. The gimmick, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the stuff that we, we talk about with the women's division will be totally passe when Ronda Rousey starts wrestling because it's going to, to change yeah, it's going to be a lot change the gravity of it and change the place on the card for the entire division on both shows. All right, we're ringing the bell. I totally agree with you. Um, Bobby Roode defeated Rusev. Is, are we done now? Is that is that it for that feud? It seems like Randy Orton's going to be involved. But he was just RKO and everybody. Yeah, but I mean that's a Is triple threat. Orton versus Rude or Orton versus Rude and Rusev triple threat? Sure. All right. I'm into that. Yeah. Um and then Owens versus Sami Zayn ends in no contest. Daniel Bryan comes out and uh puts him back in the ring. We talked about this already, but is there I mean it was a good way to, it was it was a cool way to end the show although I you know like I said, it feels like when you re- when you rerun the same match, you're just like, oh, okay, we're going to finally run the finish. We didn't have time to do it the last pay per view or something like that. Is there are there any additional stakes? Are they just are they just teasing us with the Daniel Bryan shit at this point? Is that the entire premise of this feud to make us angry that Daniel Bryan's not wrestling? Like- I wish I knew. I wish I had an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because other than that. There's no intrigue to this match. Yeah. We know AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura is the match. To add more participants or to break that match up would just be foolish in terms of the fan reaction to it because the fans want this match. This is a dream match for WWE fans who have thought about it, who remember their New Japan work, or who have never seen it and have heard that it's 
a big thing. So so AJ's keeping the title. Right. But like there's not there it's not impossible that that Vince listened to Shinsuke's post rumble promo and was just like Get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And Someone's got to cut a promo. Okay, so here we go. WrestleMania, it's it's AJ Styles versus Nakamura, Zayn, Owens, and Shane with Daniel Bryan, a special guest referee. Who's who's with me? I absolutely will not be with you on that. How about we just let's uh, like we just make SmackDown into a battle royal for AJ's title? Everybody's in the match, women included. I. I think you know how much I don't like multi-person matches, and this is the, <laughs> you're the worst Vince McMahon, of them. You're often called the Vince McMahon of the Masked Man show. That's true, because I'm the boss. Is there anything else we need to talk about? As far as I'm concerned, this was a great 100th episode. The only you know, thing that could make it better would be me announcing that I'm replacing you with the anonymous Raw general manager. <laughs> you um, already have the laptop right here, so I, I, I feel like I might as well just go away. Um... It would have been great if I had said I'm going to reveal a new co-host at the end of the show and I had Hornswoggle. I really should have booked Hornswoggle. That'd be tight. I would happily give this chair up to him. We'd probably have to get a different chair for him. Dude. (laughs) All right, we got to get out of here. It's been a wonderful 100 episodes. Thank you for everyone who listens to the show. Thank you to my heel producer, Jim. Sorry, breaking kayfabe a little bit, but he's a nice guy who works very hard. You know, he's he's honestly for... Wrap it up. um, all right. There he goes. <laughs> Anybody else to thank? We got to thank all the other guests. Oh, yeah. Steve Kazee, Dan, Dan St. Germain. A lot of people that haven't been on the show in a long time. Angelina Burnett. Yeah, there's lots of people on there. Uh, Latoya Ferguson. Do we have, we're going to run a video pack or an audio package with a lot of these people. Your friend Blake. Oh, my buddy Blake. Yeah, he's gonna, he was on you, your <laughs> yeah. first episode. He was yeah, there. Yeah, he has a last name. You just didn't I'm say I don't think I'm allowed to say his last name. Oh. That was part of the mystery. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that he was like a... Like the gobbledygooker, he's in an egg. And yeah. he couldn't talk about who he exactly. was. Exactly. If you, uh, it turns out if you if you legally change your name to a wrestler's last name, the WWE sells a problem with you using it on the air. So Blake Warrior will not be on this show. <laughs> uh, that's not really his last name. Uh, but yeah, thanks to everybody that's been on. Yeah, we have Lucas we'll have Brothers. The, yeah, Open Monday Mike Eagle Monday. We'll have and we'll have more guests to come. Keep listening to the show. Biggest thank you of all. Thank you to Dean Ambrose. There you go. <laughs> God bless you, and Dean, wherever you are. We'll, uh, we'll see you back here next week for episode 101. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. Welcome to Channel 33, and welcome to the unnamed Ringer Wrestling Podcast. I'm David Shoemaker, a.k.a. The Masked Man, although that's not my Twitter handle anymore. And I'm here today with my good friend, Dan St. Germain. Dan, how you doing? David, I'm, I'm great. Dan, Thanks for having me on. It's a it's Brave honestly, new world here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, we'll have a name for this podcast eventually. I was just saying to Dan before we started recording that it's like that naming a wrestling podcast in the year 2016 is the hardest thing in the world because literally every phrase, every catchphrase, every the name of every yeah, move, everything's, everything's been taken. Yeah. Um, 
Dan, introduce yourself to the people who don't know who you are. Uh, my name is Dan St. Germain. Uh, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic here in Los Angeles. I knew you from New York, and uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so. Yeah. Um, Although when you first bring up you're a wrestling fan, it's kind of like bringing up your gay in the 1950s. Like, you have to, like, say a couple things to, right. like, you'd be like, so what do you do on Monday nights? You, like, hint things, you know? Oh, yeah. And then eventually you're like, oh, he's one of us. Yeah. Thank um, God. Or she is. It's mostly he's there. Joined here today with uh, with the the world famous actor, friend of the ringer, Steve Kazee. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. You might recognize Steve from sitting very very close to the ring at uh, at many important <laughs> events. Um, when they're when I come by to say hi and the security escorts me away, like that's the, the um, <laughs> Steve is the very attractive man in the background of the picture. Um, anyway, this has been uh, we just recorded the first episode last week, and and, uh, and still no title. Huh? For the show, still no new title. Listen, for the man, show. we're very busy trying to launch a website right now. I got one for you. Okay, smartest guy in the room. Oh wow, I really like that. If if it's gonna be unnamed, we should just call it the vacant title because that's the greatest pun of all time. I love it. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, into it. Anyway, we uh, I'm here. I'm sitting here in uh, the lavish offices of uh, Bill Simmons with. One of the people that people that people have demanded be on my new podcast on a fairly regular basis, my buddy Blake. Hey, what's going on? And friend friend of the ringer, former Grantland staffer, and and cheap heat uh, special guest. No, at least once. no one asked for me to be on this show. I'm so sorry. I asked for you to be on this show. This is Dave Schilling, Hello. everybody from the Guardian. What's In fairness, up? I think one person asked for me to be on the show, and it was it was Shoemaker, and that's it. Sitting here on this wonderful. Wonderful, lovely morning with TV writer of much acclaim, Angelina Burnett, the one, the only, Joel Solomon, my old friend, Aubrey Sitterson, the acclaimed documentary filmmaker, Robert Green, Sam Donsky of TheRinger.com, the one, the only, Latoya Ferguson, my old friend, Peter Rosenberg. How you doing, Rosenberg? One of America's great actors? Sure. Clark Duke. Yeah. The one, the only... The, uh, the the wrestling legend and, and these days the uh, the podcasting legend Bruce Pritchard and the one and only first time ever on the Masked Man show Nick Mundy please please refer to me as Husky Steve Kazee um, <laughs> that's great yeah, that's and awesome. sitting right next to me is my boss uh, your the friend and my friend and you know one of the first mainstream pro wrestling fans out there man bill simmons the a-lister mike lawrence i'm sitting here with my producer jim cunningham i'm here with my dear friend zach linder our interview with tony Schiavone. once again returning to the show the fabulous lucas brothers yeah. Yeah. What's We're up? Here. like We're the here. fabulous rougeau brothers but black but yes. black but black, More black. They, they were not rougeau's black. Black. were honorary <laughs> <laughs> special guest this week the one, the only, Ryan Satin. How you doing, man? Stat guy Greg. Greg the Virgin. Gregory Hyde. Andrew Goldstein, how are you doing, man? Ryan Campbell of CBS Sports. How you doing, man? Doing great. This guy, David Shoemaker, the maker of fine footwear. This is like, to, to wrestling fans out there, this is kind of like a special treat. The Ringer's own Chuck Mindenhall. How you doing, man? Comedian extraordinaire, Mike Malloy. How you doing, man? This week, we have a very, very special guest. The one and only Open Mike Eagle. How are you doing, man? 